0: Welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com. John Schmelke, Paul Dottino with you. The phone number is 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat if you want to join us that way. And it's all brought to you by Coors Light. We want to remind you to download the Coors Light Rewards app to win amazing Giants prizes throughout the season. Paulie Giants getting ready to take on the Chicago Bears on Sunday. Very different type of game than we've seen the last three weeks. Much more similar to the type of matchup they had against Washington. Where you're looking at an offense that does just enough, but they win games with their defense. And boy, this is a rough, rough matchup. And uh, we'll start with the Bears defense first. To me, I haven't seen a more complete defense on all three levels where you can't really find a distinct weakness where, oh, you can attack the linebackers. You can attack the edge. You can attack the secondary. They are just so solid top to bottom, and they're well coached by Vic Fangio.
1: Yeah, that's that's a real nutshell uh, uh, comment, and I think you're right. They're fundamentally sound. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They tackle well. They play the ball very well in the secondary. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They anticipate, uh, they don't gamble, they anticipate. There's a difference between gambling and anticipating. They work very well together with their front because they pretty much know how much time their front's going to give someone to throw the ball. Therefore, they anticipate, okay, the ball's going to have to come out now. And that goes to film study too, Paul. Preparation, Mm -hmm. film study, and fundamentals, it's all there. There's no doubt. So uh, I'm with you. I think uh, from a very generic perspective, without necessarily saying they've got any true phenomenal superstars. Well, except Mack. I don't think he is. I'm sorry, I don't. I think he's v- very much overrated. Uh, you're talking about a guy who in nine games has eight sacks, yes, but only nine quarterback hits, which means he only hit the quarterback one other time when he didn't get a sack. Premier guys like Lawrence Taylor would, would, would laugh at those numbers. Well, he's not Lawrence Taylor, but no, nobody's he's not. Lawrence Taylor. Well, that's true. Nobody is. That's what Belichick said, and he's right. Um, you know, I'd take J.J. Watt over Mac any day of the week, myself, okay, as fine. far as defensive I'm not saying he's the, the
0: best defensive player in the league, but I'm saying he's a top-tier defensive player.
1: He's one of the better ones. He'll go to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got, got
0: he, you know, he's got 28 tackles. He's on the same level as, say, a Fletcher Cox. He's got 28 tackles in nine games. Well, it, three it, tackles a game. It also, de- well, it also depends how the Bears track tackles. You know, each team tracks tackles differently. Understood.
1: There's mm-hmm. no official
0: stat for for
1: tackles. Correct. Folks. Mm-hmm. Every team has press box numbers, and the league, for some reason, decided many years ago that they would not make that an official stat. So Elias
0: technically does not have an
1: official tackle stat for any player.
0: Because what some teams do, they will go back – and have their coaching staff regrade the number of tackles guys Mm -hmm. have, and then during the week they'll update those numbers based on game film. That's why you have some guys that lead their team with 200 tackles and other guys that lead their team with 85 tackles, and it can literally be that stark from team to
1: team. You will remember years ago the Atlanta Falcons were known around the league for, shall we say, being very lenient with their tackle numbers. They had a linebacker named Jesse Tuggle who for years... That was a
0: long time ago. Going going to Jesse Tuggle. Yes.
1: He had ridiculous tackle numbers. It happens in the NBA. It happened with uh, Charles Barkley particularly. Uh, they always inflated his
0: rebound numbers. And if you go back to, keep it local, when Jason it, Kidd was with the Nets... I'm told his assist numbers were also inflated. At home? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I get
1: that, but here's the thing. Um, usually the numbers are inflated. They're not deflated. And if Khalil Mack has been credited with 28 total tackles in nine games, that is three tackles a game, folks. That's not dominant to me. Now, I get the fact that he's got eight sacks in nine games and he's got five forced fumbles. I understand that part of it. But, you know, if you want to truly be a dominant player, a true defensive player to your candidate, which he was a few years ago, mm-hmm. uh, you got to do better than that. And by the way, you also have to consistently beat double teams and sometimes triple teams. Khalil Mack, all but one of his sacks this year, have come on a one-on-one matchup. Okay? He's beaten a double team for a sack once.
0: That's not going to rock my boat. Okay, let's move past Mack. Let's talk about the rest of the guys in the defense. One guy that I think is very underrated, Paul, that nobody talks about is Akeem Hicks, who plays defensive end in the 3-4, moves to the 3-technique when they go to the 4 defensive linemen in sub-package. He's not a Fletcher Cox level player, but he's right below him. And yeah. he's he's darn good. Yeah. He is, he is. And quite frankly,
1: you know, when you talk about those guys up front like that. And Eddie Goldman's another good guy, by the way, who plays no sure. for them. Sure. Um, there's a reason why the Bears are the number one rush defense. And, huh. and 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 again, think about Mac to get off track for a second. He's a pass rusher. Doesn't real play, doesn't really have a lot of
0: interest in playing the run. But these guys do, and that's, and why, that's he, why he can get away with it. Correct. And, by the way, they have a great run-stuffing linebacker in Danny Trevathan, who is a borderline Pro Bowl player, really good against the run. Uh, you got Roquan Smith, who is maybe the fastest linebacker in the league. He can go sideline to sideline, cover a little bit. He can play. And then you go into the secondary. you got three guys that can play man or zone in Bryce Callahan, who's their slot guy, Prince of Mucamara and Fuller. And then Adrian Amos isn't fine, run support, low box safety. Then you got Eddie Jackson, who anticipates, you talked about this before, the turnovers. <laughs> yeah. He anticipates better than any safety I've seen in the league this year. Some of the, the one pick he had against Kirk Cousins in that Vikings game, before the receiver even got into his break, yes. Cousins was starting to throw the ball. He was on the move to intercept that pass. You know, these are not interceptions that have come from deflections. And just terrible oh, no. quarterback throws. No, no, no. These are anticipatory plays that have been made by the Bears, not given to them by opposing offense.
1: Legit twenty picks. Legit. Uh we we did a lot on Smith at the combine. Oh yeah. Remember? Uh huh. Uh we we all liked him. It was hard to find anybody who didn't like him. Now little light in the buddies only two thirty five. But, but he can do everything. He, he does a lot of things for you. Now, I never thought Trevathan when he came uh, from the Broncos. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I didn't think he was as good as advertised. He certainly fit well into their system and done very well for them. I always thought his numbers were, were a bit hollow. Um, but I can't argue with the results right now. This, this Bears unit, in my opinion, plays better collectively as a unit. Than any defense in the league right now. Agreed. And and that is why. I don't necessarily have to look at any of these guys. And bow to them as a super duper star. But together. They are solid.
0: Yeah. And Pat Shermer talked about this on Thursday. When he kind of met with the print media. In his little side session. Paul and I are there. We kind of listened on it. And. He talked about a book. That his uncle. Fritz Shermer. Who's an all-time defensive coordinator wrote. And he said. You can't coach takeaways and he's absolutely right you get takeaways by playing good fundamental team defense if your feet are in the right place and your eyes are in the right place that's how you get takeaways good fundamental defense leads to that you don't just coach takeaways you gotta coach the technique that'll get you there and I watched a lot of plays this week with Carl Banks who does strategy for the show uh, our actual MSG Giants first and 10, and I picked the place for him. We go through him and then we kind of decide what we want to use for show and strategy. And I watched, I don't know, probably three dozen or so bear snaps with him. He was getting visibly excited watching the Bears on tape. Because you'll talk to Carl. He's very frustrated how around the league, technique on defense has kind of yes. fallen off. Yes. The Bears do everything right. When, they their, when their corners have to play outside technique, they play outside technique. When the linebackers have to hit the tight end off the line of scrimmage before his route, they hit the tight end off the line of scrimmage on his route. And it's all those little things, by the corner, forcing the receiver inside, the safety has the room to get over there and make a play. And everyone knows what the other guy's going to do. They do it. They play off him, and that's how they made plays in that to me, from all the defenses I've seen this year, and look, when the Giants played the Jaguars, the Jaguars defense was still playing at a high level at that point. They're not anymore. The Bears are the most fundamentally sound defense that I've seen.
1: Yeah, three words come to mind and, and over the years I've heard many coaches use different words. You can use they they play clean, and I'm not talking about dirty versus clean. I'm just talking about <laughs> clean in terms of they follow the textbook. But right. Crisp is another good word That's you'll good hear word. coaches talk yep. about. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, precise. Very,
0: very precise with everything that they do. Uh, they're not sloppy at all. And they were wise. to keep, And, you know, a lot of times a new head coach comes in and they'll just clean house reflectively, uh, reflexively and not think about it. Very, very smart by Matt Nagy to keep Vic Fangio on.
1: You know what's interesting to me, though? The one guy who you heard headlines about a couple years ago, Leonard Floyd, who I was never very high on, He's, he's okay. Real. He's th- and that's it. It's okay. He he he's light against power running games. You know, you run out him, you can blow him out of the play, and he's not an explosive pass rusher. And he's, he's fine, but he's nothing special. I just, I just want to make sure, you know, that I get this in here because there's a lot of revisionist history from people who wanted the Giants to get him and thought he was going to be a great outside edge pass and rusher. And by the way,
0: and I was against it all along. N- neither of us wanted Leonard Floyd. Both of us weren't into that because the Giants played a four three, and he just didn't fit. Nah, he 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 was a three four outside linebacker,
1: and to be honest, at that. I thought he was one-dimensional. I, I thought he was strictly an edge rusher, and I've proven out to be right on that one. But I, I, I don't remember if we agreed, but that's good. I can pat you on the back. No, no. I, well, I get enough heat on Twitter sometimes about about guys who you
0: know don't work out very well, so I'm going to take credit for the guys that we do hit. That's fair. Um, there's a couple of things I want to talk about from last week's game, but I'm sure a caller or two will bring up something that will get me annoyed, and I have some numbers I'm going to throw at you. But let's go Bears offense now, Paul. And I said this to you earlier in the week. I watched four games with the Bears, three with Trubitsky, one with the one with Daniel, because obviously there's a very (laughs) low sample size there. Um, And I've never seen an offense that is not dependent on the quarterback as much as the Bears' offense. They, they, They just scheme everything. Misdirection, quick passes to the wide receiver, screens, crosses. They scheme guys open with pick plays. You know, that sort of thing where they don't ask their quarterback to make these great reads, anticipatory passes, where he's, you know, threading the needle. That's not what they're asking the quarterback to do. They're asking the quarterback to manage the game, run a little bit, which they will ask Daniel to do less than Trubisky, but he'll have to run a little bit too. Yep. And manage the game. And they hope they run it well on first and second down, which they haven't the last few weeks. They've struggled with that area of their game. And they have some pretty good playmakers outside. I think their playmakers are actually underrated. Robinson's a tall guy. Taylor mm-hmm. Gabriel's only five nine, but he is explosive as heck. And Anthony Miller is a very good all-around wide receiver. You know, I was a big fan of his coming out of college. Yes. And they have good weapons, but it's not about the quarterback, which is just something in today's NFL where everything seems to be about the quarterback. Nothing the Bears do is about their quarterback.
1: Well, in some ways, they're reminiscent and a throwback to what the 2000 Baltimore Ravens did. They rely on a very sound defense, although that Ravens defense certainly one of the best of the last 30 years, and they did have superstars. But the philosophy still holds. Trent Dilfer was a game manager. He relied on Jamal Lewis to just run the ball. Didn't do a whole lot else, okay? And they controlled They controlled the, the clock. They controlled the ball. They didn't take any chances. They didn't give the ball away. They got a ton of takeaways. Their defense was very stout against the run. The, the philosophy of the 2,000 Ravens has shown up with this year's Chicago Bears. Now, the Bears passed it a little bit more than the Ravens did. A little bit. Again, they are Jamal Lewis. Of course. Who ran for 2,000 yards that Correct. season. Yes. Now, Cohen, as O.V. just told us in the locker room a short time ago... They gave him basically Sproles' playbook. He is their version of Darren Sproles. He's a short little smurf who's got tremendous quicks, lightning bug type of quicks, and gives people a lot of issues because he'll line up anywhere and he can do anything with the ball once he gets it. And
0: part of the problem is you can't find him. Yeah, he hides behind. Al Ogletree said that the other day where he yes. kind of just... Pops up from behind the offensive line. Oh, there he is. He's only 5'9. nine. Yeah, too late. <laughs> he's gone. Exactly. And he's a guy that's as much of a receiver as he's a runner, like you just said. Jordan Howard's their in between the tackles guy. They don't pound him, though. They'll use him occasionally. I still think he's a pretty good back. He hits the hole. He runs mm-hmm. through people. I think he's a good solid between the tackles running back, but he's not a huge feature part of their offense. And we should mention their tight end, Trey Burton, because you know the Giants have trouble with tight ends. Eagle. Former Eagle. Correct. He was the guy with Zach Ertz last year when they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He moved on, got his, mm-hmm. got his money. Good for him. And they will rarely have him on the line. They want him split out wide, and they'll use him as a receiver an awful lot. Well, he's got five touchdown passes.
1: Yeah. You know, tied for the team lead. The thing about Howard, Howard is a fundamental runner who will make you pay when you miss tackles. Oh, sure. He's not going to bowl you over necessarily. He's not going to get a lot of yardage that's not there uh or make stuff on his own. But if you're not sound defensively and you don't
0: square up on him and make the right hit, you will pay for it. He's he's kind of like a rich man. He's like, remember when Alfred Morris was good the first yeah. couple of years <laughs> in the league? The, yeah,
1: with the skins, yeah.
0: That's kind of what he is.
1: Yeah. He'll make you he'll make you pay for your mistakes. Yeah, it's exactly. just that simple. And not every running back does, quite frankly. I mean that's that's part of the problem in this league with the, the quicksand of mediocrity. Uh, I want to add one other thing about about the uh the Bears though. Please Will Hernandez told me, and I think it's important to note because it goes into the overall philosophy of what they do. Will said you see it on tape. They stress on their defense much more of the takeaway factor than other teams do. It's no coincidence that they are plus 14 in turnover ratio, tied for tops in the league. They've got the 20 picks. they got a bunch of forced fumbles. He said every team obviously wants takeaways. Every team goes for a strip. Every Mm -hmm. team wants an interception. He said, but you can see by watching on the film for these guys, it is absolutely their top priority, which
0: should not surprise us given the results. No, it shouldn't. Um, It really shouldn't. And they're that good, I think, for the Giants. And I'll I'll give you my couple keys here real quick before we get to your calls at 201-939-4513. To, to me Paul and, and I'll, I'll go both I'll go one side of the ball first then we'll switch offensively for the Giants first you can't turn the ball over okay you yeah. can't remember the Giants have only their only wins this year folks of coming games where their plus two or better turnover ratio and that's what they're gonna have to do they're not a talented enough team to not win the turnover battle and win games it's going to be very hard for them it's just the way it is so you can't you got to protect the football the Bears take it away you got to run the ball well on first and second down. I know it's hard. I know their run defense is good. Third and long against this Bears team is a turnover waiting to happen. (laughs) It is. You're right. It's a turnover waiting to happen. So, for me, offensively, those are the two things, at minimum, you have to do. You can do those two things and still lose. But if you want a chance to win, you got to do those two
1: things. Boy, Coach Shermer uh, said something earlier today that plugs right into what you
0: said. And I wasn't out there because I was I was waiting for him to come in and do the radio spots. What'd he say? He said, hey, maybe we do a little CFL. There's nothing wrong with getting first
1: downs on first and second down, so that you don't have to get to third down and worry about it. <laughs> and he's actually very right. Bears are only giving up 35% on third down in terms of conversions, which is fourth best in the league. Fourth best, yeah. Okay? So in this particular case, he was laughing, but he was telling the truth. He said, you know, there's no rule in the NFL that says – You can avoid third down by getting the first down on second down. And the other thing
0: too, Paul, they do not give up big plays. No. They make you have long, sustained drives in order to score their points. And that's what they have to do. I'll give you a couple numbers here. They've allowed only three runs of 20 yards or more. Only two teams have allowed fewer. They've only allowed 28 passes of 20 yards or more. Second fewest in the league. On passes that travel 20 or more yards in the air, opposing teams have a 66 passer rating against them. So you're going to have to sustain drives, and that's why they get takeaways. They say, look, we believe if if we're going to make you run 8 to 10 plays to score, we have confidence that in one of those 10 plays, our defense is going to figure out a way to get the football, and that's how they play. And it's been working, so why should they get away from it? No, why would they? All right, now defensively for the Giants, to me, Paul, this is all about discipline. Uh, fans, if you're a college football fan, you're going to see a lot of stuff in this game that's going to remind you of college football. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a ton of, you know, fake end the rounds, misdirection, quick screens. They stretch the field horizontally. The Giants' linebackers, especially Paul and I'll throw Curtis Riley, the free safety, and Landon Collins, a strong safety in the mix too. They got to be disciplined. They got to read things properly, trust their eyes, not overcommit and get themselves out of position because that's how the Bears get big plays. If the opposing defense falls for a lot of that pre snap motion stuff. And then, number mm-hmm. two, you got to stop the run. Because if you put the Bears in third and long, that's not where they want to be either. They don't want to be in third and eight and third and no. nine. That's, especially with their backup quarterback, they're going to struggle that way. So, to me, those are the two keys for me for the Giants defense.
1: Yeah. Um, I think, besides filling the gaps, which James Betcher was saying the other day, that he thinks part of the issue has been for the Giants defense that, that guys are pressing. Uh, that you know they're getting intense, they're getting all nervous and 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 like at the end of the game last week, he believed that on that last drive when Philly ran the ball five times, he said you know guys were missing their gaps because again they were trying to do too much. They just have to stick to the fundamentals, stick with what they were supposed to do. Uh, look, I don't I don't know. I'm not in their heads. I, I can't tell you what a guy feels in his gut when he's out there on the field in that particular moment Me and neither. doing what he's doing. Yep. It's it's impossible. His, his assumption, though, is that guys are pressing and that and that they're, they're getting lost in their fundamentals because they're trying too hard to just go make a play. Well, if you do that against the Bears, you're playing into their hands because they're not going to gouge you and gouge you and gouge you. They're going to wait for you to screw up and give them
0: free yardage. And we see it the way they play and the Chiefs play the same way. They just keep running these vertical routes, and eventually they figure, well, they're not going to cover one of the guys, and we're going to have a big play. And the Bears do the same type of thing. So um, that's number one for me is, guys,
1: just stick to the basics. Don't do too much. Just go fill the gaps. Do the plays like they're drawn up, and, and you give yourself a chance. Number two, and John, how many years have I been talking about this? I mentioned this to Lance yesterday. I stopped keeping track of missed tackles a few years ago. There were just too many. There's just too many in this league on a week-to-week basis. It used to be if a team had six or seven missed tackles, you, you had a pretty good idea that they were in that game or won the game. Excuse yeah, me. You have those in a half now. That's my point. That's my point. And, and you know, it, it would be, oh, let's see, this team lost six games this year? All right, let's take a look at their missed tackles. 13, 14, 16, 12, 11. When you saw double digits and missed tackles, there was a really good chance... That that team lost the game. It was almost like turnovers, John. That's how critical that stat used to be. But now in the NFL, the number is usually always going to be a high number because guys just forgot how to tackle. Guess what? The Bears didn't forget how to tackle. They still do it. And the Giants
0: can't afford not to do it this week. All right, let's get to the calls at 201-939-4513. We want to remind you that Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to an amazing Giants prizes throughout the season. All right, let's do it, folks. Antonio in Manhattan will lead us off today. What's up, Antonio?
2: Hey, what's going on, John? What's going on, Paul? How Hi. are you guys doing today? What's up? Um, I'm excited about this game against the Bears. Uh, I love seeing good defenses, so I'm excited. Hopefully, you know, we'll be able to um, stay in the game and make it competitive. I just wanted to tell you guys a little bit about some observations that I did. I know that um, Paul had mentioned that, you know, there's nothing that jumps out of, in terms of stats from Khalil Mack. But, um, you know, you guys did mention this, but he does get double team. He does get triple team very often, and it does free up other players. I mean, the team, and that's why the team is doing really good. He is demanding a lot of attention. Um, and that's something that, you know, we got to see how we're going to Address this as a giant and I just want to see you know how many times you're going to be double teaming and triple teaming Khalil Mack. I'm cause. sure
0: Antonio, especially when mm-hmm. he's lined up over Chad Wheeler, you will see a tight end <laughs> or running back over there chipping. I promise you that. I, I would yeah. guarantee that as well. Uh,
1: go back and look at the Patriots game. Okay. Right. Do please do that if you have an opportunity on Game Pass. Yeah, I do. Look what the Patriots did to him. Do you know what Khalil Mack did in that game? Yeah, they get rid of the ball no, so quick, I, man. Oof. They do. They do. Uh, Bill Belichick, who somewhat laughingly said, don't compare him to LT because he's not, and of yeah, course he's not. Exactly, Khalil Mack in that game finished with zero quarterback hits, zero quarterback sacks, zero solo tackles. By the time the game was over, he had 54 snaps under his belt, and he had one assisted tackle. Can you mm-hmm. say invisible man? Um, Belichick schemed him and absolutely took him out of that game. And right. you know what? The really great ones, they don't get taken out of a game.
2: I, I I agree with that. I mean, I but I still think that he's extremely valuable with the fact that he's just you know double team, triple team. That's good enough. If you Antonio, if your other no players, question. if the other guys can't make something happen because of that that's more on them than it is on. Khalil Antonio, Mack's no one. Stadium.
0: Antonio, no one will argue. Trust me. I'm yeah. not Cleo Mac has a great impact on the game. No one would argue that.
2: What, what the Bears' defense does that's amazing is, just like Paul, you just mentioned right now, they don't miss tackles, man. These guys are solid at tackling. And the Roquan Smith, this guy could go from left to right. I mean, like, that's what – it's amazing. Like, you know, people just disregard taking a linebacker high um, in the draft. But this is what they do. They just change the defenses. And, and they have a lot of game changers on defense. And, yeah, it might not be, again, on the stats. It might not be on the turnovers. But it's crazy how these guys are doing it. What I want to see the Giants do is just run screens, draw plays. We need to, we need to stop the the speed of this of this offense of this defense, and and uh, hopefully we'll stop them. And on offense, you guys mentioned it. They run a lot of motion. It, it's it's like this Kyle Shanahan, this uh, Kansas City um the Kansas City offense. I guess it's like the new NFL where <laughs> every coach wants to show whether it's man or zone or who's blitzing. So they're having a motion in every play. Paul, what do you think about that? How like and now in the new NFL, it's just pretty yeah. much motion in every play. There's it's a college. lot of that.
1: There's no question. There's a lot of that. And and the problem for me is that I don't think enough defenses. Thank you, Antonio. We got to run. <clears throat> Appreciate it. Have a great it. one. I don't think enough defenses, and I do think the Giants have been guilty of this, quite frankly. There are not enough defenses that are showing one thing and then do another. And, and you, can, you can do a better job of disguising your man into a zone if you want to during the course of a play. Or
0: even single hind to two high and things like that. You know,
1: mm-hmm. and, and I think too many defenses nowadays are intimidated by offenses who are doing so much gobbledygook and pre-snap motion and everything else they can throw at you that there are too many defenses nowadays that are pretty much just sitting in what they're going to do. And they're making themselves easy pickings. It's almost like a duck in
0: a barrel. Now, do you know why, Paul? And again, this is a theory. I'm not saying I know this is true, but I'm trying to say this in a nice way. Even when they're set up where they're supposed to set up, some of these defenses have so much trouble and issues doing what they're supposed to do and coach to do. I don't think the coaches are comfortable to say, well, show this, then do this. When they can't even just... Do the do this part <laughs> when when, yeah. when they show what they're supposed to show. So I, I think, you know, James Betcher sees missed assignments when he sets the guys up where they're supposed to be. Yep. What happens when you start that's telling true. them to, to fake stuff? Well, I think they're terrified that's gonna turn into just a, a big play fest because guys are gonna be all over the place, you know? And, and then and then I And think it's said it shouldn't be that way. There is some
1: credence to that. And the other problem is with the pro, proliferation of missed tackles in this league, guess what? Even if you play it right. Who's to say you're not going to have three missed tackles on the play and it goes for twelve yards? Fundamentals.
0: Let's go to Len in Columbia, Maryland. He's up next. Hello, Len. Online number four. What's going on? Hey, guys. Hi. Hi, Len.
3: Well, oh, boy, this uh, these two teams go back a long way. There have been some historic games between these two teams. Not <laughs> yes, recently. You got to go pretty
0: far back to find them. I don't
1: think this holy... one on Sunday is going to be historic. And...
0: <laughs> Paul was Paul there for all of them, by the way. So. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, I mean, holy
3: cow, the Chicago Bears. It should be fun. It should be fun. Should be fun. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of got caught up in in the comment by Coach Shermer. Paul, you talked about it, and I'm not a psychologist either, and I know you will be fuddled by, sometimes by what goes on in a player's head, if you remember the reference just a couple of minutes ago from Coach
4: mm-hmm. Shermer. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, just a quick, just a quick story. I, I got a little different take on it, but. Thirty-five years ago, I'm coaching a girls' softball team, pretty high level of play, 16 and under group. I'm winning a championship game 3-2, one out. My pitcher walks the next two batters. Uh-oh. I decide, I decide it's time for a conference. So I call my catcher out and keep the other players in place. It's the catcher being the pitcher. The catcher gets to the pitcher's mound looks at the pitcher and says, we're not going to lose this game. Just remember that. The pitcher turns to me for insight. The only thing I could think to say was, listen to your catcher.
1: <laughs> See, now, Len, I thought you were going to pull a bull dorm and talk about the silver. No, no, no. I didn't have
3: any big speech. The catcher said it all. That, and, Len, you Len, know, Len, back, back, to back to Shermer's comments. Uh, you know, I think I got a little different take on it. I think I think they're looking around for somebody else to make the play while they're looking for a drop. A mistake by the other team. You know, you, you don't find it in many players, but man, you gotta wanna win. Len, I'm
0: I wanna mean, th- you... I'm, I'm throw out another theory. Uh, maybe there just aren't enough really good players that are good at making a lot of plays.
3: Oh, there you go. Oh, God. You gotta get to the bottom line, John. <laughs> you, you gotta bottom line it all. I the did, time. I have to. Hey, listen, we haven't talked enough about the great. Bears quarterback that we're going to see on Sunday. Chase Daniel. Chase Daniels. Mm. Oh my goodness. You know, I think he's played like on six teams for 10 years. He's probably made $10 million. You know, it's funny. Actually, one the of the, what, the, guy, the led, guy hasn't thrown 100 yeah, passes it, in his career. It's funny.
0: Well, one of the guys from Pro Football Focus put this out there on Wednesday. He was having fun with it. Sam Monson, one of our guys. And he's yeah. figured out how much money he's made per pass thrown in the league. And yeah. he couldn't find any other quarterback that had made more money per pass thrown than Chase Daniel. Wow. That, you know,
3: you said it perfectly. I mean, I don't think the guy's thrown 100 passes in his career. Barely. Uh, and he threw one-third of those on last Thursday. <laughs> he against, did, yeah. <laughs> 37, <laughs> yep. Against the Lions. Hey, guys, Boy, could you imagine the fireworks if, if Daniel was playing against Tanny? To a team. I don't care who else is playing on this team. We can't lose to a team quarterback by chase daniel no
0: but Len, it doesn't matter i'm telling you this team is not about the quarterback it's about everything else
3: listen keep listen paul i I, i'm probably gonna have to eat my words on monday but let me ask you a question paul yeah chase daniel can chase daniel see over the steering wheel Uh, i mean the the guy is barely six feet tall
0: len how about this i'm not even sure mitch trubisky is that much better than chase daniel how about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm not even joking. Well, no, no. He, hey, listen, Len,
3: listen. You know, Trubisky. You know, he threw. He's thrown ten interceptions. But the other thing that really golfed right. me, man, and, and if I was a player, I, I would really. This would really. A Giants player. This would really upset. They're they're resting Trubisky, holding him out for the Rams and the Packers in the next two weeks. Well, look,
0: Glenn, Glenn. He also has a throwing shoulder injury. <laughs> you don't mean, mess around with those. You know. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know what makes you want to go there, but that is
1: their quote franchise QB. He's AC joint injury. That's serious. And and that's not something you goof with. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why you think that this is just a resting game for him, but here's what I will say, okay? You are sadly mistaken, and I mean sadly mistaken, if you don't think that the Bears' overall formula that they use with Solid fundamental football, terrific defense, don't make any mistakes, don't turn it over, grab takeaways. If you don't think that all that stuff adds up to winning football, then, then I don't know what you've been watching because those things work no matter who's your quarterback. If I'm on that defense,
3: Paul... I want to get after Chase Daniels, and I want to whisper in his ear. Where's Mitch Trubisky? <laughs> they're, holding, they're, they're holding the guy. They're holding the guy out. What an insult! That's an insult, Paul. Ah, well, Len, go out there and make him pay for it. Then. I'm gonna make him. Hey, listen, if they'd let me, I'd make a play. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you, you know, just 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 a couple of guys on the Bears defense. Yeah. Buckle your chin, chin strap. Um, uh, I forget Pulley's first name, but Spencer. Buckle your chin strap. That, that that guy Goldman, the nose tackle, is a pretty good player. Yeah, he's a good he player. Is. Yeah, He if, was a second he's, or third-round pick. He, you know, he's, he's not the best. Florida State? But he's pretty good. If he's he good. wreaks havoc in the middle, we, uh, we really are in trouble. And the other guy that intrigues me, and I think he was going to be a giant four years ago, round five. Uh, four picks before us. The Bears picked Adrian Amos from Penn State as safety.
0: You liked him, huh?
3: Four picks later. I, I believe... I honestly believe the Giants would have picked Amos at that point. Now, here's
0: the thing, though, Len. Amos plays the same position as Landon Collins. That's right. Now, well, they both play good, strong that's, safety. That's
3: a very good point, John. It's a very good point. But I think they would have gone. I think I think they were looking for a safety. And, uh, you know, maybe in the offseason we can talk about this a little bit. But How about Eddie Jackson? I think Jackson they, I think instead. they can you dress him? a little bit and, and jumped for Michael Thompson at that point. <laughs> I think they were looking for a safety.
0: Yeah, you could be I right. Think,
3: I think Amos is the guy. Hey, listen. Let's go, Giants. Let's win this game. Come on. Chase Daniels can't beat us. You coming no up, Len? way. You coming up? Talk to you. Mo- oh, yeah.
1: All right. All right. We'll see you there,
3: buddy. Br-
0: bring your rain gear. <laughs> Talk to you Monday. Talk right. to you Monday. They're saying that it might clear up before b- b- uh, before game time. It might 62 just be two degrees, though. I, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I think the better the weather, the better that is for the Giants. Yes. Right? I agree. And by the way, it's funny. I don't remember Paul In 2017. By that time, we were like hardcore doing draft stuff. Yes. I don't remember much about Eddie Jackson, and no I do, and, no I, and I. I know we did a hit with an Alabama guy that year because we do one every year, and I know we were talking about safety because the Giants needed a free safety. Oh wait, wait, was that the year after they drafted Darian Thompson or the year they drafted Darian Thompson? Darian, Darian Thompson played here for two years, so he was so 16. Then he was picked. And that's probably why we weren't talking about a free safety. Probably. Because he was coming off his first year, he was hurt, and that's probably why we weren't talking about free safeties. His boy, he was a fourth-round pick, and he's good. Holy cow. Yeah,
1: he is good. He makes plays. I mean, look, here's the bottom line, Len, and I appreciate it. I I know what you're saying. Chase Daniel doesn't exactly inspire bells and whistles at the position. But my goodness, this is just such a fundamentally sound team. And and look, I, I'm going to tell you what: the formula is good, the fundamentals are good, the execution is good. They're not the most spectacular eight and three team you're going to find, no, without question. But in they fact, win. They win the old school way. Yeah, and, and in fact, if you want to tell me they're the least impressive eight and three team you're going to find, guess what?
0: That's okay too, because they well, they got eight wins. You must love these. You must. I mean, th- this is the this is the football team you want, Paul. I mean, this is it, right? I mean, the Bears, the way they play, this is Paul Datino football. In a lot of ways, yes. I mean, you, I think you like yes. them to run the ball a little bit better maybe, but I'd, I'd, this like, is, I'd
1: like to see more of a power running game. They protect, game.
0: their tackles are
1: good. And I, w- and I would like to see them attack a little bit more downfield. Okay, i buy, I buy but, both of but those. But they are very, very close in a lot of ways. They check a lot of my boxes. I know they
0: do. I thought, i was watching them like, what? The Paul would love this. I know. All right, let's go to Scott in New Mexico. He's up next. Hey, Scott. Hi, guys. Hi, hey, buddy. Uh, I,
5: I have a slight disagreement with you, Paul. I, I don't think the Bears would be nearly as good defensively if they didn't have Khalil Mack on their team. I agree, and with I you. believe. And he's he's been hurt. I think he missed a couple of games uh, with an injury.
1: So he's I don't played even nine games. One hundred percent.
0: Yes, Scott. He missed one. He, he tried to play through an ankle injury a little bit, and that did I think limit his production a bit. He only missed one game with the ankle, though.
1: He's played well, nine right. games, and his five force fumbles are certainly important to them. And a pick. He, he has yeah. He has made some impact plays. I don't want to ignore them. They, right. they showed up on Center. They showed up on NFL Network. He has made some impact plays. He's a very good player. He's certainly a Pro Bowl caliber player. But when we start talking about elite and
0: dominant players. That Lawrence Taylor thing annoyed the hell it out really of me. Didn't it really does. <laughs> and I, I, I am so uh, as, happy. John
5: said there's nobody you can compare uh, <laughs> that's Lawrence right. Taylor uh, to. That's right.
1: And, so, and, and so you know what? And, and, and one notch below would be Ricky Jackson. Ricky, Ricky Jackson was the closest thing on this planet to LT How and, about he, Derek and he was not, oh, not at all. Derek Thomas was a one dimensional oh, pass rusher. I was talking as a pass rusher. I, I, I obviously
0: I, not all around.
1: Yeah. But when you, right. when, when you talk about the premier guys, you know, Andre Tippett even, uh, belongs on that second shelf behind Lawrence. Cause he did everything. You know, I, I'm, I'm spoiled, man. I, 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 lived through the golden era and I saw some of the greats of right. the greats. Right. Well,
5: I have a question though, uh, I happen to agree with John. I think uh, Akeem Hicks is is uh, can be a very disturbing type of player. But on the converse side, can the Giants realistically win this game unless they can mount a pass rush? Uh, because I'm a little concerned. I mean, Olivia Vernon, for example, I think, if I'm not mistaken, only has one
0: sack for the season. You're right. That's true. And, and only a couple of hits. Uh, I think he has more penalties than quarterback hits at this point.
5: So so how do the Giants overcome this? Are they going to blitz more, do you think? Because they're not getting nah, the cows. Scott from Here's anybody the problem.
0: Else. You can't blitz the Bears. They get rid of the ball too quick. They their quarterback doesn't hold the ball. Like, just go back last night to the Cowboys Saints game. The Cowboys blitzed a little bit, but they knew that Drew Brees gets rid of the ball so quickly. You gotta get there with four and cover. And I, I just think and look, I get it. You wanna put pressure in Daniel's face. He's not a tall guy. Right. But I'm telling you, they run so much schemed, quick action. He's not sitting back there holding the ball out. He's just not. You know, you know what? The one number that and John alluded to it earlier in the program,
1: and I don't even think you you realized that you were doing it. No, probably not. It's the one thing that you you said. What do the Giants have to do to have a chance? It's not even sack the quarterback. I don't care if they have zero sacks on the quarterback. Right. They've got to win the turnover battle. Oh, I have to. Plus two is a great number. John mentioned it before, and really, that is the most important number in this game for the Giants. Number one. And, uh...
5: So far as the offense, are they going to change schemes against the Bears? Because the Bears have obviously the best, one of the best defenses uh, in the NFL. Now, Scott, here's the thing. Do you the think thing. they'll have different plays? I know you talked about maybe end arounds and so forth, but will they have to be even more dramatic in uh, targeting, say, Odell a little bit more no, this, it, this game? It,
0: Scott, if anything, the Bears are so fundamentally sound. I think you can't try to out them. You can't try to get clever you got to figure out what you do best and execute that as well as you can. I it's agree. your only shot. If you try to get out of character, then you're going to get killed, and they're going to get okay. picks, and they're going to murder you. Scott, thanks for the call. I appreciate okay, it. I appreciate it. Thanks, and guys. I think one thing that's been, and this will kind of go into my rant about what's been going on the last week or so in terms of how people have analyzed this team. Guys, <clears throat> the reason the Giants have turned this season around offensively, and I'm not saying that lightly. They've scored 27. 38, and 22 points in the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. If you guys go back and remember how futile this Giants offense was, that's a feat. It's a feat. And now it might not look impressive from all these other teams scoring a bajillion points, but for what this team has been in the last year and a half, that might be their best stretch of three games that they've had. Tell these people the two reasons why. The reason it's worked. Two. And, I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I want, and I want to give a mea culpa here, too, because... With all these weapons, you want stre- to you want to spread it out. That's your instinct. You want to get everybody involved, right? And I think ideally, to win in the NFL now, that is the correct way to play. But the way this team is structured, with the struggles that they have protecting the passer, the Giants can't win that way. If the Giants pass it 40 times in a game, they're probably going to lose. It's just not the way they can win. Mm-hmm. So what has the coaching staff done since the bye week? They've done some smart stuff. They've used the fullback a lot more and played 21 personnel. They've used 12 personnel with two tight ends a lot more. They have much fewer possessions where they run 11 personnel. They hardly ever run straight dropbacks. Everything's play action, everything's a rollout. Eli's under center a lot more. He's not in shotgun as much. That's how the Giants have to play to win. And that might mean fewer touches for their wide receivers. It might mean fewer points. But that's how they're going to win. They cannot win playing the other way, the way it's constituted right now, especially on the offensive line. Now, you can fix things in the offseason so you can be a little bit more aggressive, spread it out more, and trust your offensive line more. That's great. In order to win now, that's not how you can play you got to run the two tight ends. you got to run the fullback. You've got to run the ball on early downs. You've got to run play action. If you're sitting back there and dropping back and going to shotgun and doing five-step and seven-step drops and throwing a 40 times, you're going to lose, period. Mm-hmm. I concur, and
1: I think that there are two things that they've done better which lead to every single thing that you just mentioned. One is much better play on the offensive line without question. Pat Sherbert just said it this morning, an hour mm-hmm. ago. Best three games the offensive line has played all year. And again,
0: they've played better. But the coaching staff has put them in situations where they can succeed. Well, if you took this group and you made them pass protect 40 times in shotgun, I think they'd struggle too. Okay, but it goes hand in hand. Absolutely. They've played
1: better. The coaches like what they've seen, so they're doing different things to enhance their ability to play better. Yeah, and I think th- I think it's vice versa, the relationship no too. No doubt. Yeah, No doubt. So that's number one. With you. Number two, field position. Because of Corey Coleman on his kickoff returns. He's been
0: a big help. By the way, the Bears struggle on kick returns. So that could be an area where the Giants get to win this game.
1: Field position has been much better over the last few weeks. And field position helps dictate the chapters that you will use in your playbook. Well, and how they get better.
0: also helped. Takeaways against the Bucs. Defensive touchdown against the Bucks. They got a turnover so, and had the ball inside the 20 against the 49ers. You know, dig, dig down to the core of the earth, and those are your two reasons why all of these other things have been
1: made possible. Let's see if they can keep it going.
0: And this will bring me... And Charlie and Coach Morphin, I see you there. I'll get to you, I promise. I made the mistake earlier in the week of posting something on Twitter, and then I engaged people on it, which is always a terrible mistake. We had that conversation. But I was just so annoyed... You, by you, the you and nonsense. your buddies tried to rope me into that, by the way, and Not I didn't me. touch you. me. I didn't see you in anything.
1: Uh, on the, the Twitter line, I was like included on every single one of those.
0: Screen after screen after screen. Sorry about I that. I stayed totally away from that it. That wasn't me. Somebody else put you on there. It wasn't me. Anyway, the point I made, and I stand by this, and it all goes back to something Brian Baldinger tweeted. And Baldinger is great. Mm-hmm. He watches tape. He knows his stuff. Isn't he going to be there this week? I don't know, is he? I think he's doing the uh,
1: national radio feed.
0: Okay, he's not doing TV. Because it's, no, no. It's Burke, it's Burkhardt and Charles Davis, and I saw both of them here today. i out with them like half an hour. I think I awesome. Uh, isn't it Baldy and Carino on the national radio Could feed? Could be. I have no idea. I think so. And Baldinger does a great job with his film analysis, but he put something up on Twitter earlier this week that was so off-base. And again, I love Brian Baldinger, so I'm not questioning his ability to analyze the game or know his stuff. He put something up that was so off-base – that it drove a fan base nuts. His point, it was inexcusable for the New York football Giants on their first 39 plays to target Olo Beckham just three times. Hold on a second. The Giants in the first half scored on their first four possessions. They had 19 points. They would have had 22 if not for that final Eli Manning interception when he was targeting Olo Beckham Jr., they're on pace to score 40. Yes. Just to put a little exclamation point on this, <clears throat> the NFL only started tracking yardage amounts per half back in 1991. Let me ask you something, Paul. How many times did the Giants have more yards in any half of any game than they had against the Eagles in the first half last week? Since they started keeping track of that stat? Yeah, 91. Wow. I
1: bet, you it, I bet you it's probably no more than five or six. Was it really zero?
0: Most yards and a half in Giants franchise history. Well, since the tracking. But that's as far back as we go. And, right. and before 91, it wasn't an offense league. So my guess is that it probably didn't happen before 91 either. Wouldn't shock me if like YA2 you know, back in the did it? 60s, okay. he probably could have done it. Whatever the case might be, it just shows you how ridiculous that yardage number was. Here's a second stat. Every NFL team, at every half of football since 1991. Yeah. Where do you think that Giants half ranked in total yardage? You're probably going to tell me it's in the top 10. Nah, it was 50th. Oh, okay. But still, that's thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of games. Mm-hmm. They had the 50th best half of offensive football yardage-wise in the last 28 years. And then you go on Twitter (laughs) and you say they should have targeted Odell Beckham more. That might be the dumbest freaking thing I have ever heard. They gained three on pace for 700 yards of offense. Why would you change anything? Yeah.
4: Well, come on the, the, now! If you want
0: to get them on them in the second half when they had 54 yards, go ahead, fair uh, game, have fun. They gained <laughs> 350 yards of offense in a half, and you're mad they didn't throw the ball to a specific guy more. That's you. The goal is to move the ball and score points. That's bad, what they did. Bad
1: news. They showed their entire hand in the first half, and the Eagles adjusted.
0: But I mean, come <laughs> on! And this idea that Barkley and Beckham haven't gotten the football enough this year is a joke. They showed the stat on Thursday night football last night. Did you know, in terms of percent of teams' total scrimmage yards this year, do you know where Saquon Barkley lands? Oh, he's third right. yeah. top five. Yeah. Third. Yep. Only two players have more yards of scrimmage, yards from scrimmage than Saquon Barkley. Ezekiel Elliott and Todd Gurley. Odo Beckham, fourth in the NFL in targets. Okay? Mm-hmm. Eighth in catches, and he's only five catches back of the player in fifth place. He's on pace for just under 1,500 yards receiving. How many yards do you want him to get? Do you just want Barkley and Beckham to touch the ball on every play? Do you not want anyone else to participate? Do you want Shepard not to catch it? Evan Ingram's done nothing this year. I guess you're okay with that, right? Are you happy that... I mean, come on, people. People, look at the numbers. They do not lie, okay? The reason the Giants have had issues this year has nothing to do with the fact that they're not getting it to Beckham and Barkley. They have it in their hands plenty. Barkley's on pace for 350 touches this year. What do you want him to have, 400? You're going to kill the poor kid in his rookie year. He's going to carry him out on a stretcher in January with uh, 400 touches.
1: And now you know hey, Come on why I ignored that entire thread. Because it wasn't worth getting upset about. I'm still annoyed about it, as you can tell. He needs to calm down.
0: Ah. <sighs> I mean, it doesn't make any sense. And again, the second half last week, they were terrible. 50 yards of offense, I get it. Fine, go after them. But that was one of the best first halves of football I've ever seen this team play offensively. Mm -hmm. That's how good it was. Mm -hmm. He threw it to eight different guys. If it wasn't for a non-call on Malcolm Jenkins, holding Barkley's arms down in the end zone, they could have scored a second touchdown instead of a field goal. Yeah. Yep. I mean come on, yep. come on, people. Yep. I mean, jeez. And then in the second half, and we went through this on Monday. Yeah, Barkley maybe should have had the ball a little more. Guess what? They ran nineteen meaningful offensive plays in the first half, okay? And you want to complain they didn't throw it to Beckham? Well Beckham wasn't on the field for three of them. So now you're down to sixteen. So how many times wanted to touch the ball in sixteen plays? He got targeted five times. That's a third of the plays. Barkley touched it five times. That's another third of the plays. Oh, You're running the, out of plays. And, and,
1: and by the way, they threw it to Beckham on what should have been the go ahead touchdown. Correct. And he got for, held.
0: Except for a penalty that never was called. And by the way, did you notice what referee and crew at the game last night?
1: Oh, I'm not. I'm, Same one. I don't want to talk about it.
0: Same one. I don't want to talk about it. Two straight games where there was just a plethora of missed calls. Yikes. All right, I'm done. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. I need to do that. We I want to know. remind you that Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Coors Light. I give Paul a little break. I appreciate it. <laughs> you that. can download the Coors Light Rewards app to an amazing you Giants know, prizes throughout the season. It, it, it is historic <laughs> because there were very few shows
1: over the course of the years where I could be considered the calm one. <laughs> Just letting you know, folks, it doesn't happen no, often. So you water. might want to put this one in the archive. I started. <laughs> I,
0: you know, I've had a cold. I finally got over, it and now my voice is cracking as I started yelling. Uh, Charlie, Portland, Maine. Don't get me riled up, Charlie, please.
4: (laughs) I don't have to. You already are. Yeah, nah.
0: I'm I'm back down now. I'm going to go back to my office and take a freaking nap.
4: Hey, I I was just going to say, you know, you were talking about how our offense is running the ball and what we need to do. We can't pass a lot. We have to run and we have to do what we're doing, you know, and blah, blah, blah. But that's all predicated on having a defense can actually stop anybody. Because if you can't stop anybody, you need to score a lot of points. No,
0: Charlie, you're 100% right, and that's the trick. That's why that's not the idea. At least, maybe it is for Paul because he's Fred Flintstone over here, and he admits that he loves it. <laughs> for me, that's not the ideal way to play because you're right. When you get behind you get down, that doesn't work, okay? And it becomes problematic. But that's how they have to play. They just can't win. I mean, we saw them try
4: to win the other way the first eight games of the year. How'd it go? They went one and seven. I know. I know and look, our offense is finally waking up and starting to play, and now our defense has fallen asleep into the abyss. I mean, in the first start, when the first part of the season our offense couldn't do anything, couldn't score nothing, and our defense was playing well. We just can't get these two in sync, you know. And I don't get it. I don't understand it. Well, but just like last night, when I didn't think Dallas had a shot of beating <clears throat> beating
0: New Orleans, that was some good defense, man. Woo, good defense. Yeah,
4: they shouldn't have beat them though. It, it was, uh, but the same thing's going to happen against the Bears. We shouldn't even win that game. We shouldn't even be close in that game. But I think we're going to beat them. I don't think their defense is going to be uh, all over us. It's I do. Like,
0: Charlie, their defense is good, man. Charlie, their defense, their defense is really, really good. Do not. This is this will be the best defense the Giants have seen all year.
4: Yeah, well, I would be throwing at Prince about every 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 time you want to throw the ball, throw it at him because when he played at MetLife, he was horrible or he wasn't very good. I won't say horrible. So he's their weak link, and that's the guy I would be going after.
0: Oh, by the way, all the older Giant fans that were mad they traded Eli Apple watched the game last night.
4: <laughs> I was so glad we got rid of that guy. He, <laughs> played, he was playing just like he played for us. You know, he was. He, you know, they passed the ball every time to whoever he was you know, guarding, and they, you know, they got a penalty or you know, and that one uh, when Dallas overthrew that guy when uh, I mean it should have been a touchdown. He got faked out on that double move. Yep. I'm so glad he's gone. God.
1: You know? You're very quiet, Paul. So, <laughs> I Look, Charlie knows how he called yesterday. I've already gone through this. Yeah. Oh, okay. Trading yeah. uh, Apple, trading Snacks, that certainly took a, a hit
0: and a toll on the yep. defense. Mm-hmm. And there's no question.
1: No, Is this no, the, no Apple didn't know, take
4: a hit on it. I'm glad yeah, we
1: got <laughs> it. Yeah, no. It, it, now, it's Charlie,
0: still, here's, it's Charlie all, all jokes aside, I think Apple would still be one of the top three corners on this team if he was here. I mean, come on. Oh, let's gosh. get real about this. But, but you know what,
1: Charlie? Honestly... Um, I I don't think this game is as lopsided as most people do. I don't necessarily know that the Giants will win the game, but I do believe this is going to be a much more competitive game than than uh, perhaps the pundits would like you to believe.
4: Yeah, I I, I do too. i it's well, spread's only four I, points. I, is it? I yeah. look at it this way: it's either we're going to win this game or we're going to get blown out. <laughs> like, you know, that's the way <laughs> oh, I that's I a it. great way to feel. <laughs> because either it's going to, you know, snowball where Eli gets sacked and he fumbles, and you know, and it ha- keeps happening, and you know what I mean, and everything just goes berserk, and our defense can't stop, uh, you know, a postage stamp, you know what I mean, and then it will just, you know, roll out of control. Or we're going to play a really good game and we're going to beat them. So that- that's the way I look at it. I just got a feeling we're going to win this game. I-, I don't know why. We probably shouldn't even. He's thinking about winning, but I just got a feeling we're now, we're going to win this game. So, uh-huh. oh, I hope you're happens.
0: right. I hope you're right, buddy. Thanks, man.
4: Okay, have a good weekend, guys. Yeah, I just
0: I like the Giants when they match up against teams with bad defenses and good offenses. Better than I like a matchup like this. That's just me. I mean, I worry about the takeaways, man. I just do. I know,
1: and and you have a right to feel that way. Although the Giants don't give the ball away all that much. No, Eli's
0: been, aside from the one really bad throw at the end of the first half, he's been very good at it this year. So, you know, And by the way, I, people are just jinxing Saquon with those numbers this week, oh, by I know, the way. I know. They are trying to put the kiss of death on that poor kid. Let, let, let me just... Hasn't As fumbled since 2016, by the way, is yeah. the stat. Let, let's just say this. If the turnover ratio is even...
1: All right, if it's plus two, Giants have a chance to win this game. Oh, of course they do. If it's even, if it's even... I think, I think it's it it's no more than one score a one-score
0: game. I really yeah. do. No, I agree with that. The problem is that the Bears, on average, are like plus three this year. And that's the problem. Or plus two. That's why I plus think... Plus 14, I think, this year? Yeah, they are yeah. plus 14 mm-hmm. tied for the
1: NFL lead. That's why I believe the turnover number is the most important. Not the sack number. It is the turnover number. Yep. If the Giants can be even on the turnover battle, I actually believe they could be within one score. And if they've got the ball last, who knows?
0: But... but I just I don't think they're going to get blown out. No, I agree. Look, the Bears have, uh, you know, I think they're plus almost plus 100 in point differential this year well, yeah. because of the takeaways. They're That's outscoring why they're people there.
1: 29 to 19 and they've scored an NFL high 104 points I believe off of
0: takeaways Correct. this year. Correct. They're five interceptions returned for touchdowns. There's a reason they're fifth in scoring offense but 21st in yardage. It's because of the takeaways. They don't is. have to drive the length of the field. Yeah. All right, coach Marvin, is going to wrap us up. What's up, coach?
6: Hey, how you doing, John and Paul? What's up, buddy? Hi. Oh, I'm all right. John, are you okay?
0: I'm good now. I got it out of my system. I feel great.
6: Hey, you didn't really have to get into that that stuff with those people. I mean, you got to remember, um, your numbers tell the story, so you don't have to justify anything because the numbers justify what you gave. Yeah, and two, I know. And the only thing, the reason they're saying that is because they lost. If they didn't lose, that wouldn't even be the conversation.
0: No, but the reason, Coach, is that everyone is. Everyone always tries to— here's the, here's the problem, okay? What fans try to do, and it's with every sport, they try to find the silver bullet that's going to solve everyone's problems. First it's the head coach, then it's the general manager, then it's the quarterback, then it's the best player. And they try to find the one thing that'll solve all their problems. And unfortunately, for the Giants, for the Knicks, for the Mets, any team in this area—the Jets, any team in this area that struggled— it's rarely one thing that's the problem. And that's what fans right. don't like to understand that it might take a little time here. It might be a process. It's not just a silver bullet that's going to fix everything.
1: It or, is a and, process. In it other words, process. it's never one strand of the spiderweb. Correct.
6: Right. It, it is a process. And, and, again, all of this comes from losing. You're losing, and people want to know why you're losing. And Correct. they think they know how to fix you're losing. Well, and, and, more of it, and, co- and Coach, it, it,
0: it's a lot easier to say if you throw the ball to a you're you win than to say, oh boy, we have to, <laughs> we have to get 10 new players on defense. It, you know, right. it, yeah. it's a lot easier, yeah. you know? No doubt.
6: Yeah, yeah. I, I'll try to make this quick. Um, my other thing, before I get into my last part, real quick. Um, I was going to get on ball, too many, but. Paul almost forgot one of my neighborhood friends um, matching up with LT. No one's better than LT. I've been watching LT since he was in school as college. But um one guy that was close to him is a guy I grew up with is Andre Tippett.
1: I mentioned him before, coach. Yeah,
6: you did. You you mentioned to him mentioned him before my call got through. So I do thank you for Andre for mentioning. Him.
1: I absolutely agree with you. I, I really believe Ricky <laughs> Jackson and Andre Tippett in that order are the only guys who can even be on the same yeah. continent as Lawrence Taylor.
6: Because right. I always as know, linebackers. If, if Lawrence Taylor didn't exist Andre Tippett would be the name that people would talk about that changed the dick.
1: Mm, he'd be the again, the AFC's version of Ricky Jackson. Don't slight Ricky now. You know, Ricky's in the Hall of Fame. R- you, know hey, grew- you know what's interesting, Coach? Yeah. You know what's interesting though? Ricky Jackson is in the Hall of Fame with Lawrence. Andre Tippett's not because knee injuries shortened yes, his career. No, no,
6: no, 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 oh, no. Oh, no. Tippett did get in? I'm sorry. My bad. I was at his Hall of Fame party. Yeah.
1: Great. <laughs> My bad. My bad. I for a long time I- he was ignored though, wasn't he?
6: um he got in it's, it's been a while now he 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 got in it has to be somewhere like 6 or 7 years
1: ago yeah and he had been retired for a long time yeah he had yeah he Anyway, but, uh-huh. that, but thanks for correcting me on that but i, I no question okay. my my respect for him and jackson very much high on the on the list
6: yeah 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 oh so, yeah um the other thing, uh, this game on Sunday, I think uh, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be a game based on can the Giants match match their physicality, and it's gonna be a physical game. That's probably why it may be a low scoring game because it's gonna be based on physicality. And I'm a little worried that our defense um, may not be able to stand up to that. But I don't think Chicago is is uh, is a uh, big play team. I don't find a lot of guys on the team that a home run hit Not offensively,
0: but defensively, yes.
6: Defensively, yes. I'm talking on the offensive. No, you're
0: right about that. You're correct. They they, they, they actually have some of the fewest number of 20-plus yard plays in the league. So on that, you're absolutely right, Coach.
1: Coach Marvin, if you get a chance on Sunday when you're watching the game and and call us back next week, I'm not going to do it because I just don't do it anymore. And thanks for the call, Coach. Track the missed tackles in the game, and I would bet you really, really
0: good, good, good piece of change that the team with the most missed tackles is going to lose. Now, we're going to miss Paul on Sunday because he's been hijacked from us to do this like big-time, oh, high-paying golly. gig. So he will not be uh, helping us out at the radio stage. So we're going to get his factor fiction answers and over-under answers Okay. day before. Make sure he gets in the mix. And then it'll just be... <laughs> Jeff Fiegel's going to be the happiest guy in the world because he can talk the whole show now. That's he's going to love it. That's true. Um, and we'll, of course, have our pregame show at 1130 on Sunday. If you're at the game, come down to Midlife Central. We'll be there. Hopefully the rain will have ceased by then. We will see. It'll be warm, though, so don't bring your winter coat. Just bring a little spring, uh, bring a sweatshirt or something like that. It should be high in the low 60s, actually, believe but you it or not.
1: You can bring unused or, or gently used coats
0: to the coat drive that the Giants are having. Or hoodies. Or hoodies, hoodies as well. They qualify,
1: mm-hmm. too? I didn't realize that.
0: Yeah, there are two programs. It's the coat drive, and there's also the uh, hoodies for homeless program. Both are going on.
1: Okay, good stuff. And you know, by all means, if you can, it'd be wonderful for you to bring a piece of uh, of
0: uh, uh, textile to to the game because there are people who certainly could use it. And it's getting cold out, folks. So the folks need to be warm. So if you have something extra that you're not using anymore, or you know, maybe you got a gift you don't like it, or it's just wrong size, you want to regift something, regift it to somebody that needs it. Yep. For Paul Detino, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you next time on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Everybody enjoy your football weekend. I'll see you on Monday.